Welcome to Thriving at Home, a podcast where we discuss all things family, marriage, parenting, and relationships. Our goal, to disturb and disrupt the ordinary mundane life and give you the tools to move from surviving to thriving. We're your hosts, Eddie and Jessica Harrison. And we're so glad you're here. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Thriving at Home, episode number six. We missed you. We missed you. It feels like it's been forever, but yet it's only been a week. It's only been since last week. <laughs> it's only been since uh, since last week. But hey, we hope you had a great holiday. We hope everybody is uh, adjusting to the new year well. New decade, 2020. Yeah. It's unbelievable that we're here. And uh, yeah, there's been a lot going on. There's been a lot going on, which is why it probably feels like it had been so long since we talked to them. Yeah, but before we get to that, I, I want to tease that a little bit, but I, I, before we get to that, I want to do a little housekeeping. First of all, you guys can always find us on Instagram and Facebook at Thriving at Home Pod. And I want to tell you, too, that the community has started to pick up. I see every single day that people are starting to follow and get engaged. But as far as the content that we're putting out, it has not come at the pace that I was hoping uh, as far as us being able to put out content. And we'll get to why that is in just a few minutes. Also, we've had some questions uh, over the last week about show notes. And uh, just so that you know, show notes are coming soon. And for those of you who don't know what show notes are, it's basically a website that will ho- that our podcast will be, kind of will be home for our podcast. And um, it will contain kind of the bullet point notes for each episode on that webpage. And so as we get that webpage up, um, and as we get um, get going with that, we will go ahead and put all the all the show notes for every episode we've done so far on the website. And I just want to let you know that that is coming. Yeah, it's helpful because you don't, you know, if you listen to us while you drive, we don't want you to be writing down things to remember while yeah, you drive. It is not a good idea we're to just, take notes while you're driving. We're just here to keep you safe. That's right. So that is coming. And so you can look forward to that. Um, just give us some time because we, we have some things going on that we'll talk about in just a moment. Uh, but man, I want to say thank you to the to the several people who have reached out over the last couple of weeks. I mean, we're just getting started with this thing. And uh, already I'm hearing stories of people who are like, man, I'm listening to it every week. I, I, I've got it saved in my podcast. I've got it bookmarked, you know, all those things. And man, for me, that's super special because the goal of this podcast was not just to have a podcast. Right. The goal of this was to um, make an investment into other people uh, through the things that we have learned on our own. Yeah. And so um, it sounds like that's happening. And I think when these other things start to happen, when the content starts to come out on, on social media a little bit more, when the show notes are there, uh, when it's a little bit more of a complete package, I think this thing is going to take off like rocket fuel. But the way yeah. that you guys can help us uh, in the meantime is if you're on iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform it is that you're listening on, Google Podcast, rate the podcast, go ahead and give it like a subscribe, a, subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> yes, please. But that rating is so huge because what it does is it tells other people, hey, I've listened to this. It's really good. You should too. And then the last thing I would say is tell your friends. Yeah. If you've got a, a if you've got a friend uh, who's going through some you know maybe some marriage struggles, maybe they're not going through marriage struggles. Maybe they're just really passionate about thriving at home. Uh, send this to them and say, hey, I think you should check this out. And also, just to be clear, we're talking about marriage, family, relationships, the things that that we know really really well in this season of life. But coming up in the in the future, and I don't know exactly when, but coming up in the future, we're also going to hit on other topics as well. And our goal 
is to have guests on the show who can speak into those topics. So I talked to someone this last week who, I don't even know if I've told you this yet, Jess, but I talked to someone this last week who said, I love your podcast. I wish you would talk about more single things for single people. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. I'm just not single, so I don't think about it as much as you do. But I definitely want to do that. We know a couple awesome single people that we, we know. Guess. We know a bunch of single guess people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We know a bunch of single people, and uh, so we want to do that. We want to. We want to cover all those. It's gonna uh, be good. So stick along with the, the whole journey. Yeah, it's absolutely. Be a good one. But just to move on to what's going on around here, Whew. Jessica, <clears throat> something happened the day after Christmas. Yeah. So we're just like in our pajamas, sipping hot cocoa, hanging out, letting the kids destroy the house. Well, it was already destroyed. Who are we kidding? With all the, the, yes. the Christmas toys. And I um, I have a side hustle. I sell houses. And so... Wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. That's not well, your side hustle. I'm a pastor's wife. We're in ministry as a family. And that's like our, you know, that's important. You are very much a, an established full-time agent. You're very nice. Yeah. <laughs> And so then I'm on the MLS and I'm just looking and I see this perfect house that's nearly perfect. There's no perfect house unless unless you have an unlimited budget, as which, I always say. Which we do not. Which we do not. <laughs> but for what we needed, we have three growing boys that are two, seven and ten. And currently um, their bedrooms are like ten by eleven. And we've made it work. We purge. We purge and purge and purge in this house. This house has been a blessing to us. Mm-hmm. God gave us this house. We renovated it over the last six and a half, seven years, and we had been kind of keeping our eye out. Well, there it was. It was like, oh, yeah. So like there were there house. were there was a checklist of about probably five things, yeah, that we had said that we would like to if we were going to ever move. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the five things that we would have to have in the next house. Otherwise, it's not worth moving. We're right. staying because we love our house now. We love we it. Love it we it do. just is missing these five things. Yeah, and honestly, in getting those five things, we're giving up some of the things that we love about this house, but. Yeah. It was like these five things had become important now that um, now that the kids are getting older and bigger. <laughs> Especially when we added the third son. Right. We felt it. Right. In here. So yeah. uh, so we had looked at several houses over the course of the last, I don't know, couple years even. Yeah. We would go because you're an agent. We just get we schedule an appointment. We go see them. Yeah. So we had gone. We would go to houses here and there, not really looking very aggressively. Um and every time we'd go into a house, it would check maybe three of the five boxes mm-hmm. and we'd say, nah, it's not worth it. Let's not move. Right. Um, and then you found this house. You showed after it, Christmas. You showed it to me and I was like, man, that's a beautiful house. Um, it's in a beautiful area. It looks like it would check all the boxes, yeah. but this is how it usually goes. It, it looks like it'll check the boxes. Then we actually go see it and you go, oh, it's the pictures are deceiving. Right. And the, the I think this is God's timing because if you're not from this area, it feels like, and I could be wrong and you'll have, you guys will have to comment later and tell me if I'm wrong, but half of Orange County, the week between Christmas and New Year's is either in Tahoe, Mammoth or Big Bear all skiing. Yeah. Like half of the county is gone. <laughs> so we were here, we were staying home and I said, we have to go see this house like tonight or by the time people get back from it, like it's going to be gone in a week. Yeah, it houses, will be gone. Mark my words. Houses sell quick around here. There's so quick. low inventory. It's just a crazy, crazy market. So went and saw the house, walked in, and it was like, like at first glance, it was like this is this is this is too good to be true, right? Um, and and we I was, kept walking, and well, it got better. And I was I was afraid to go upstairs because it is a two story house. We have a one story now. It's a two story yeah. house. I was afraid to go upstairs because I was like, man, I'm going to go upstairs and it's going to be ruined. Because one of the things that we had to have was um, we have three boys and us, so four bedrooms, but 
we need one of those bedrooms to be big enough for two of the boys to share because number one, we like them sharing. Yeah. We think it's good for them. It and is good for them. We can talk about that. Accountability, all kinds of things. We can yes. talk about that in a future in a future podcast. But um, we needed the fourth bedroom so that we could have kind of like studio for this mm-hmm. uh, and guest space and that sort of thing. And it sounds much bigger than it is, but it's it's um it, we just needed a fourth bedroom, yeah. any any size bedroom. So I was afraid to go upstairs. There was one bedroom downstairs. I was like, okay, that's the kind of the office studio guest room room. Uh, and then I walked upstairs and it was like, it, it just checked all the boxes. I know. And I, by the time we got upstairs, remember, do you remember I was standing in the hallway and I mean, I see houses all the time. So it's hard. It's kind of hard to like impress me with houses. I'm like, ah, I see them all the time for work. I started tearing up yeah. in the hallway. I was standing in the house and I looked at you and I was like, yeah. I love this house. It felt like home. It felt like home. It did. And it's kind of tucked back into a, an area of our, of our town here. Uh, that's a little off the beaten path. Uh, there's not oh, a whole yeah. lot of traffic back there unless you're going back there to your Live house there, or, yeah. or to visit somebody. So we're really excited about it. enough about the house, but let's let's talk real quick because this is just absolutely insane. Things have calmed down now for about a week and yeah. then they're going to pick up crazy again. Mm-hmm. But you found the house the day after Christmas. Yeah. Then what happened? Then we took our kids to SeaWorld the next day because that was the, one of their Christmas gifts. Yep. And then we got home from SeaWorld and decided we're all in. Let's try for this thing. Listed our home by about 11 p.m. The night that we took them to SeaWorld. The night that we took them to SeaWorld. Which, by the way, SeaWorld's an hour and a half from us. So we did a lot of driving that day, too. <laughs> yes. Then the next morning, I said, let's get up at like 6 15. Let's put on a cup of coffee. Let's have a, a team meeting powwow here about what needs to get done and the priority needs to get done. Because we have to like turn this thing around quick, guys. We had Christmas all over the house. Gl- glitters everywhere. Glitter, toys, everything. Like we hadn't touched it yet. So in a matter from literally 7 a.m., we were like, team, break, go. Everyone had jobs. <laughs> and we started taking down Christmas, cleaning the house, purging, all of the craziness. Then it was the whole like staging it. And we had uh, we did call some cleaning help from like 1 to 2 Guys, we had the first people in, the first showings, starting walking through the house. Families were walking through the house at 2 p.m. Yes. The next day, we have an open house, and we had nearly 70 guests at the open house. Yes. And then, like, by that evening, we had offers starting to come in, and we had five offers on our house. By Monday afternoon, we decided on one, accepted one, opened escrow concurrently with the house we're going to. I mean, God is good. Yes, God is so good. And it was obvious the whole way um, that we... That this was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, like just each step confirmed it. But I will say this, and this gets into our subject today, because today on the podcast, we're talking about how do you know if you're making the right decision? Yeah. Because honestly, as we're going through this process, even over the last couple of weeks, we're asking ourselves, is this the right decision? How do we know? Um, how can we be sure that we're not messing this thing up? Yeah. And um, we'll, we're going to get into to kind of like the mechanics of that in just a moment. But for us... Um, it required some. It required some steps of faith, some risk already. Exactly. Uh, like we had to go ahead and list the house that we live in currently, knowing that it wasn't a done deal that we would sell it and get the other house. Yeah, like we didn't have our offer accepted on the new house, but we had to get this sold first in order to. You know, it's yeah. it is a step of faith. And it's, for us, it was that house or none. Like right. we weren't looking to move just to move, so we had to take steps of faith. And I, I, I truly believe that God honored those steps of faith as we took them. And now we're sitting here, you know, we're all but closed on the houses, all the paperwork's done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like we're, we're smooth sailing. Now it's just time to get the boxes and tape out and start going crazy. Yeah. Um, And it just, I, I, I'm confirmed. And I think you are too. I mean, we've talked about this, that it was the right decision. Yeah. And so, um, 
So yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of big decisions that we can make in our lives, right? And I, I run into people all the time. I work with a lot of young adults, college students, both in uh, the worship team at church and, uh, you know, I'm closely tied in with a lot of the college students and young adults that are there. And I hear them saying things all the time like, man, how do I know if I'm going to the right college? How do I know if I'm picking the right career? Should I go to college here in California or should I go to college in Arizona or should I go to college in Tennessee? Uh, there's people asking, okay, I've graduated college now. Should I um, go into this profession or this profession? Or I'm an engineer. Should I engineer in this way or in that way? I mean, there's so many decisions to make. Um, people all the time, you know, moving in our sense. Should I move to this state? Should I take this job? Should I go to this place? We make thousands of decisions. A thousands, day. thousands of decisions. Of thousands. Should I have kids? You know, there's, a, there's couples out there right now asking themselves, is it time for us to have kids? We want to have kids. Should we have kids? Or maybe there's people who are saying, I don't know if I want kids, but should I have kids? Mm -hmm. You know, there's people asking that question as well. There's big questions when it comes to your faith and, um, you know, following God and sacrifices in your life. And also even what church you go to. Should I go to this church? Should I go to that church? Should I go to a church that's more uh, evangelical and focused on uh, new believers? Or should I go to a church that's more rooted in, in theology and more deep? And like, there's so many decisions to make yeah. uh, that sometimes we can get lost in those decisions. I'm tired just listening to the list of decisions. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just a few of the thousands that we make, as you said. And so... Yeah. The, the thing that we want to communicate to you today is we, we think that, that God has something very specific to say about this, but at the same time, he does not answer all of our questions all the time. I wish he did, though. Yeah, it would be so nice. Wouldn't it be great if we just said, hey, God, should we should we move into this house? And uh, we just kind of like hit a button on the wall, the God button, and like, yes, you should move. Perfect. Oh, great. God will do that. Or, hey, God, should we um, should we go visit the family this week of the year, even though the kids are going to miss school? No, you shouldn't. Right. Okay, good answer. Okay, I don't know. Like, wouldn't it be great if we could just have that button to press and call on God and just, just summon his answers all the time? Yeah. We think, and we truly believe, and we practice this in our lives, that God does not always give us a clear answer on every subject. But what he does give us is wisdom. Mm -hmm. What he does give us is wisdom. And James 1 uh, verses 5 and 6 says this. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Jess, this is one of your favorite verses of all time. Oh my goodness. Like I journal and I write this down multiple times uh, a year but maybe even once a month just because I just have this this just really sobering understanding that man like in and of myself I can try to like think things are going to work but without God's wisdom helping me in my daily life with being a mom to our kids with being a pastor's wife being a realtor with all the hats that I wear I'm nothing without God's wisdom and I just see over and over in God's word with Solomon and with, you know, David, like so many people that God imparts his wisdom to when they asked 
for it. So wouldn't it be crazy if somebody had like a brand new car for you, but you, all you had to do is just like ask for it and they were going to give it to you, but you never asked. So Mm. it was never given to you. Like that would be a terrible, terrible tragedy. Mm -hmm. And this verse is so comforting to me. And it's one of why it's one of my life verses is because it just says, if you lack it, which yep, I admit I lack it. All you have to do is ask and it will be given generously. I'm like, Okay, that's a promise I can get behind. Yeah, but here's, here's, what, what it, here's what it doesn't say. It doesn't say if any of you lack answers, yeah, uh, you should ask God who gives generously to all. That's a great point. If any of you lack, lack answers. So the, the point that we're trying to make today is that God doesn't always show us exactly what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I think some people, they delay and they procrastinate. And they, they keep from doing the thing that they know in their heart that they're supposed to do because they don't have a clear answer. And I'm making quotes with my fingers, mm-hmm. clear answer from God. Yeah. When really God says, hey, I'm not going to always give you the answer. I'm going to give you the wisdom to make the answer or to, to the wisdom to come up with the answer yourself. Yeah. That honors me. Yeah, but there are definitely some guidelines and some questions that we could ask ourselves. Absolutely. That will help with that. Absolutely. So the questions that we go through as a family when we're making big decisions and guys, this isn't just to be clear, this isn't always like, hey, let's sit down at the kitchen table and let's journal these questions out. But we do ask these questions in the process of making a big decision. So for us, most recently, it's getting this new house. Uh, We asked questions like this. What does God have to say about this? Question Mm -hmm. number one, what does God have to say about it? Is there a clear like description or a clear directive in God's word about this issue. Yeah. Cause sometimes scripture will just say like, this is right or this is wrong. Yes. And so that's helpful. There are <laughs> things that God has specifically said. Like if you were to say, should I rob a widow of all her money? The Bible is pretty clear. You, no. you shouldn't do that. The Bible but, says we should actually take care of orphans yeah, the, and widows. Yeah. So, yeah. And I use that, I use that example cause it's yes. very, very, you know, obviously black uh, and white, very black and white. So should I, uh, take God's name in vain. Should I start worshiping this other God besides the one true God? Yeah. No, you should not. Those are very clear black and white issues. God has said in his word, do this, don't do that. And any time that the Bible says do this or don't do that, we should be paying attention. And so if your decision that you're making falls into any of those categories, you should first be looking at the will of God and looking at what God has to say in his word black and white about that. But most of these things that we've already talked about, marriage, college, career, moving kids, your faith, that stuff does not clearly get spelled out in scripture. Yeah. So you have to ask yourself more questions. Okay. So here's the, here's another question that we asked. And question number two, is this a wise choice for my finances? Yeah. So as we were going through this house situation, we had to sit down and crunch numbers and we've done it probably three, four, five times. We keep doing it. We keep to make doing sure it. Like, are we, are we sure this is still a wise choice for our finances? Does it make sense? Is it going to put us in a position where we are unable to do the things that God has called us to do, whether that be giving to our church, whether that be, um, you know, living a certain way of life to uh, raise our kids and to allow them the opportunities that they need. Uh, to feed our family, to keep the electricity on. I mean, we have to make these, it would be it would be very selfish and very um, irresponsible to just take on a new house without considering the impact that it would have on our finances. Yeah, and the same thing happened like when you were working at a church outside of Nashville, you got a job offer to work at a church here in California. The same thing, like we weighed the cost, like, wow, it's more expensive to live in California. Like how is how can we work that out? Yeah. 
And I will say in that, in that situation, even God came through, you know, cause it was, again, we were talking about faith. God came through and the month that we moved, I closed three homes in one month, which is mm-hmm. the most I'd ever done in Tennessee. But we didn't have any clue about that and until we, we took that initial step. Of All faith. we kept praying was God help us move with zero debt so that we can afford this crazy housing out there. Yeah, yeah. But God did it. Yeah. I mean, like in God's faithfulness. And I feel like, you know, again, just asking for wisdom, asking those questions, it opened the door to um, us exercising our faith a little bit too, but like God coming through and God is so faithful. For sure. Absolutely. So question number three is this, is it a wise choice? Is this a wise choice for my relationships? That's a really big question. Cause I feel like sometimes everyone's like, Hey God, I'll give you all of this part of my life. Like I'll go, I'll go to church. I'll do this. I'll do this. But like, I'm going to pick my boyfriend, girlfriend, or friends or spouse. Like I got that. I yeah. got that. Like it's, but that God very much wants to be involved in yeah. and who you're spending your time with. And I'm thinking about everything through the lens of the decision that we're making right now. But like, as it relates to this question, we have developed some great friendships with some neighbors Yes, that we had like, honestly, one of the reasons we may not have pulled the trigger on moving sooner. sooner. Absolutely. Um, it absolutely is one of the reasons is because we have some neighbors that we absolutely love and we don't want those relationships to suffer. Right. And so um, we've made it very clear to them now, you know, we obviously we broke the news to them a couple weeks ago and they were like, oh, you know, I mean, they're I feel like the block came unglued. It was a hard day. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough day. They're, the uh, sign went in the yard and people threw forks. No, yeah, just joking. Uh, <laughs> no, they very much, uh, you know, we're sad that we were leaving the neighborhood, but at the same time, we made it very clear to them like, hey, we love our friendship and we do not want this to end. And so what it's going to require from us, though, is that we're more intentional about those relationships and those friendships now that we're not seeing each other across the street every day. Right. And so, uh, but the question for you is like, is this a right, is this a right choice for your relationships? If you have relationships that you cherish or, or is this move going to damage your relationships? Like this move that you're going to make in your life, whatever that move is, is it going to damage relationships? Is it going to strain relationships? Um, and obviously there can be, there can be situations where there's unhealthy, like codependency and stuff. So like, let me give you an example. Um, it's a pretty vague example, but if you, you know, let's just say there was a, there was a, a college student who had like a kind of maybe a little bit of an unhealthy um, relationship with the, with their mom or, or dad, whatever. And they had a desire to go to college in the next state over, but it was going to mean moving away from their family. Mm-hmm. And that family, uh, whether it be the mom or the dad or whatever, was putting pressure on them not to move. But the reason they were putting pressure on them not to move was simply because, oh, it's going to be harder for us or like we don't like it. But they're there was really no good foundational wise reason as to why they shouldn't go to that school. Um, in those situations, man, they're much more delicate. And I, I, you know, I feel for anybody who's in that situation. Yeah. But at the same time, those are, those are times when you might have to say, you know what, the best thing for our relationship might be that separation. So you just have to weigh all these things mm-hmm. and you have to really seek God and, and wisdom from God on that, those things. Remember, James 1 says, if you lack wisdom, you just got to ask him for it. He'll yeah. give it to you and you'll know what the right decision is. Um, okay, so another question that you can ask yourself, and this is the last one, um, and I'm sure there's a lot more that you guys have out there, and we'd love to hear those from you, but this, this question is, is this the wise choice for my well-being or for my heart? Is this the wise choice for my well-being or heart? And Jess, you had a verse on this you wanted to share. Yeah, I love Proverbs 4.23, and it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Yeah. 
that's, I mean, that's just like, if, if you want to know, like you're, you know, God gives us free will, right? God, I mean, God doesn't, he's, we're not like puppets on a string, right? Like God died for us. He loves us. When we become his child, he hopes that we serve him and we're all in, right? But he's not going to force himself on us with every decision. But at the same time, when we just care, recklessly go through and make decisions that we think like won't really affect us or others around us or our own heart, on the contrary, it's, it's very damaging sometimes if you're making decisions that affect your heart. Um, and I just, a lot of times, like when I was growing up, I had that like misconception, probably immaturity of just, um, that warning signal that I ignored of selfishness, selfishness, meaning, oh, I can make this decision and the only person it's going to affect is me and it's fine and it'll be, it'll be okay. But there were some damaging decisions that I made as a teenager that affected my heart, that you have to live with those through your adult life, that it's not great decision-making. And so um, Proverbs 4.23 kind of helped me understand, wow, this is really important, like my well-being, my emotional state, my heart. It's kind of all tied together, yeah. and God talks about that. Yeah, and there's sometimes we make difficult decisions in our life that will stretch us in, in um, you know, like for instance, financially speaking. You might make a decision that stretches you financially to the point of discomfort, but really what it's doing is it's it's putting you in a better place, uh, like health-wise. Yeah. Or it's putting you, you know, sometimes there's a lot of people out there who have to um, pay pretty high medical bills, but, and, but it's for the sake of their health. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you don't go to the doctor, if you don't get the treatment that you need for your heart or for your health, you know, I'm talking about your physical heart now, but like right. if you don't get the treatment that you need when you're sick or when you are in an unhealthy place, um, you will eventually erode and die. Yeah, you know? yeah, so it's so important. So it is worth the cost, it's worth the sacrifice that you have to pay to get to that point. Yeah. And so there's a great book that I read a few years ago about um, making decisions and um, following the will of God, and uh, it's by a guy named Kevin D. Young. And I don't know Kevin, but man, I'd love to meet him someday because this book is is transformational for me. It's probably one of the top... Uh, 10 books I've ever read in my life. Mm. And the title of the book is called Just Do Something. And it really really covers a lot of the stuff that we've talked about today. Um, He's much more eloquent than we are on the topic, and, and you should definitely get that book. But here's a quote from the book that I love so much. It says, God is not a magic eight ball that we shake up and peer into whenever we have the decision to make. You remember, time out, you remember those uh, the magic eight balls that you shake up as a kid. Yeah, was that like late night? Was that late eighties or early nineties? Oh man, I think they're still we, around even today. But yeah. I, but like I like know they, they came out. We'll have to we'll have to Google it. Yeah, but you'd shake it up and you'd be like, should I eat ice cream after dinner? And it would say, I hated the maybe with the question mark. <laughs> like why? Like thanks for nothing, eight ball. <laughs> Anyways, the quote says this. It says, God is not a magic eight ball we shake up and peer into whenever we have a decision to make. He is a good God who gives us brains shows us the way of obedience and invites us to take risks for him. Mm. Invites us to take risks for him. So I guess my question to you today would be like, what is, what is it that you're not risking that on the other side of that may be an, an incredible reward for you? Like it's something, I think we've all got things in our head that we know we should do. At least I, I, I live this way. I've got things all the time in my head that are persistent that I go, man, I know I should do that. That would be a great thing to do, a great adjustment to make, a great move to make. One of the things for us last year uh, was Sabbath. I knew all year long that I needed to be more intentional about my day off and my day of rest. Mm -hmm. And I just, I would like, 
put it off. I would just like hear it and then I would just not do it because it was going to cost me something. It was going to cost me putting my phone away for the day. It was going to cost me different things and I just didn't do it. But you know what? When we finally made that decision to do it, Mm -hmm. it had incredible benefits on the other side that we did not even know existed. Right. And so for you guys, um, I would invite you to take risks. I remember um, a few years ago, I had a mentoring group and I, I did this thing called radical mentoring, which is a huge thing in our church. A, a lot of men do it, um, where you basically get uh, several men together, no more than 12, and you spend a year with those men. The women in our church are doing it as well. Yeah. Uh, you've been a part of several radical mentoring groups, leading them and participating. Um, you get a group of men or women together, um, and each month you, go, you read a book together uh, that is typically a spiritual growth book. Um, you memorize scripture together, and then you have a, one meeting a month where you spend about three hours talking through the book um, it's not a book club. We're not critiquing the book, but we're actually digging the gold out of the book. And what can God do in our lives? And what does he have to say to us through the book? Um, and then you're like reciting the scripture and you're doing other exercises as well. But a few years ago, I did one of these groups and it was a smaller group. I only had, there was only four of us, me and three other guys. Um, and we read this book, uh, Just Do Something by Kevin DeYoung. And I remember telling the guys, all three guys were dating girls that they were very passionate serious about. Serious with. And serious mm-hmm. with. And man, they, they had all already decided and known in their minds that this is the woman for me. Like this is the, this is the gal that God has sent me, sent me uh, to live life with. And, but all three of them were on the table saying, Oh man, I just don't know if I, I can take that step. Like, you know, there were different reasons why, but they were all saying, you know, we just can't get married yet. Like we'd like to get married, but we can't, we can't do it. You know, our finances are not in order or we're not done with school yet. Or there were several things that, you know, that, that were said about that. And I remember we read this book and we talked through this quote even about God not being a magic eight ball and talked about taking a risk for him. And we talked about just doing something in our lives. Another thing this book talks about is it talks about that through scripture, the the Bible talks about the blessing and the favor of the Lord following people. I love that so much. That that it doesn't necessarily lead people, but the blessing and the favor of the Lord follow people, Mm -hmm. you know? And so as we make right decisions in our life and as we make... Let's retract that. I want to say wise decisions. As we make wise decisions in our life, that the blessing and the favor of God follows us if we're seeking him first. Matthew 6.33 says, um, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. What are all these things? All these things are the desires of your heart, the things in your heart that line up with the will of God. Okay? And so as as we're following God and as we're making decisions, as we're seeking him first, we can be confident in the fact that, hey, if you have two good options in front of you, that if you're seeking God first, you can take option A or you can take option B and either way, the blessing and the favor of God will, will follow you. Yeah, that's freeing. Had we that's... chosen, you know, had we chosen uh, not almost nine years ago now to stay in Tennessee, it would have looked very different. Mm-hmm. Um, we would have missed out on some blessing that God had for us over here in California, a lot of blessing. But I truly believe God would still have blessed us in Tennessee. Yeah. The same way that by us making the decision to move in California, God has blessed us immensely. God has given us more than we could ask and think or imagine. I mean, either way, I believe God would have honored that decision and he allowed us to make that decision. So the moral of the story is just do something. Just do something. And by the way, all three of those guys, do you remember what happened in the next like 18 months? They all got married. They all got married. We attended their wedding <laughs> with Belzon. We were at all three of their weddings. And, yes. and, and I don't, I'm, I 
played a small part in pushing them toward Whatever. That. You think you totally set the whole thing. You're, you're <laughs> proud of yourself. No, but you no. should be. No, these were just men who started to listen to yeah. God. They just started yeah, to listen to God and they just good. realized that God was going to honor them and bless them no matter what. And they're what all so they happy today oh and they're all with the people God had for them and it's so clear and it's just it's incredible. It's awesome. It's incredible. So the the moral of the story today, guys, is just do something. Like when you're making decisions, seek first the kingdom of God and know that where, whatever decision that you make, that the blessing and the favor of God will follow you if you seek him first. One last quote from the book and then we'll be done for the day. If you're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you will be in God's will. So just go out and do something. As always, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Thriving at Home Pod. Rate and subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>